This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey, listeners. You know how much I love this thing called podcasting, right? I might have said it one or 500 times on the show. Well, I found a new way to basically share this passion with others, and that's through podcast consulting. Do you have an idea for a podcast you're looking to get off the ground? Well, definitely get in touch because I would love to work with you to take your idea to launch and let you express yourself out in this world we call podcasting. So check it out at glisteningparticlespodcasting.com. In this episode, I'm talking with somebody brand new. You know where I never met them before and we start talking and I know that she was recommended by Kayla, who was on the on the show earlier. And I know her name is Stelina and I know she's doing music because I checked out her Instagram and clicked on some links. But boy, the things I didn't know getting into this story. Wait till you hear because... You might know her in her former role. It's pretty exciting. So with that, here's Stelina. Hey, listeners. Today I have with me Stelina, a musician from Canada who was brought to us by Kayla, one of our former guests, and I'm really excited to hear her story. Hello, Stelina. Hi. How are you? I'm really well. I'm... uh, we just had like a few minutes to get to know each other and like we literally have never spoken before. And I already feel like I got the greatness out of you. There's just the things that you said before we started. So hopefully so much more of that will begin to Yeah, I've got up. a lot where that <laughs> Awesome. So I thought we should start with um, what it is that you're doing right now. What are you doing in your life that's uh, new and exciting? Oh, man. So this year has been, 2017 has been so transformative for me. I started the year off... Um, doing what I've been doing for the past about nine years or so, which is running a blog successfully as a business. And um, around January, February ish, I guess like that new year, new me kind of mentality sort Uh of creeped into my life. And I heard this calling trying to say to me, like, take a step back and, you know, do some soul searching kind of thing. Mm hmm. But I obviously did not give myself the chance because I was, you know, busy, busy, work, 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 you know, like I can't take a break and whatever, whatever. And so, you know how the universe works, basically, it'll start with a whisper. And if you don't listen, it will hit you over the head. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, that's what it did. It hit me over the head. Literally, and, like was there, did something fall from the sky? Well, there was, there was construction happening in my apartment. <laughs> and it was this like jackhammer sound and I was trying to code my website and mm-hmm. And I just ended up just screaming <laughs> for oh my like gosh. 
half an hour and crying and just being like kind of like a little mini nervous breakdown. And, uh, and then I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm just done, you know? And, and it was a long time leading up to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah. So then I, um, I, I love when that some, happens. I think I've I, had one of those little meltdowns, maybe three this year. So I get yeah, it. <laughs> honestly, yeah, honestly, my best, my best growth periods have come directly after those, those yeah, breakdowns. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then my friend uh, suggested that I read some Gabby Bernstein, uh, the book, uh, the universe has your back. Oh, nice. That's a yeah, great it's, one. It's, yeah, it's, it's her latest published. She's, she's releasing another one in January, but, um, so I, I said, you know what, I'm going to take the weekend off and I'm going to uh, read this book. And I shut my phone for the first time in like forever. And I did some soul searching and read the book. And I, I had like a little bit of a glimmer of hope after mm. that weekend. So I thought, you know what, I should incorporate this into my lifestyle. You know, I'll start I'll start uh, meditating more and, and do all those things that I really said I was going to give myself this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I started doing all that. And, um, and as I'm doing that, I, I mean, I had no idea. I thought I was looking for inner peace in mm -hmm. my blogging career, but what I ended up doing was uncovering a lot of these fears that I had. And one of them was this fear-based narrative about singing mm -hmm. that I had sort of, you know, uh, sutured into my, into my daily sort of thinking, uh, that, that, um, I, you know, singing was my purpose. I always knew that since I was little, but I was too scared to do it. And, uh, I was just like, not this lifetime. It started to be that. And I built a case for my, for that narrative, depending on things that happened externally, things that I judgments of myself. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that was, that was my like narrative of life. And, and if you think about it, I mean, even thinking about it now, I'm like, oh my God, that's so negative. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I just love this story. I have the terms you're even using, like sutured into your daily, daily being. I mean, that, what a great way of looking at that, because if it's sutured in, it seriously could be removed, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I started, Gabby really gave me the tools to start undoing that mm. narrative, unraveling it. And, um, and, and, you know, I didn't know that was going to happen. And mm -hmm. so then I start getting these things and realizing this narrative that I've told myself, at least fears, you know, you're too old, you're too this, you're too that. That's me. I've projected that onto myself. It's not the, the truth, right? Mm. So when I started to really understand the concept of you make your reality, mm -hmm. right? I started to see that that I didn't have to live that narrative because it wasn't objective and that freaked me out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it also started to, things around me started to shift. I met a producer. I started singing more. I went down to visit my old singing coach who was like over the moon that I had, <laughs> you know, started singing again. And, and just the, like, you know, the universe just started shifting everything. And wow. within the next couple months, I'm starting to write songs and I'm starting to really feel aligned with my purpose. That was for me the biggest shift is all of, all of a sudden, you know, it's like my life is changing, but it's, it's like coming home. It's like for the first time I felt like I am finally mm. being who I am supposed to be. And I'm just going to go towards that feeling because that's where the good stuff is. Right. So mm -hmm. I gave myself that chance to do that. And, and, you know, the music has been, uh, 
it's been sort of paralleled with this spiritual journey. And I'm now beginning to sort of reconcile the two and seeing the type of music I'm supposed to be making and the message of the music and, and who I am as an artist overall. Um, so that's kind of like what's been happening to me. <laughs> that I like I've been, I've been exceptionally quiet. So for, mm-hmm. for, for people who listen to the show a lot, they were probably wondering what happened to me because I'm I'm so immersed in your story. First of all, because every part of it, I understand, which is so cool when you hear someone say the things that you are thinking about your own life with such parallel detail. Like I had that screaming moment. I had all of those things. So that's fascinating to me, but I do need to read this book. I have a feeling it's the right time to do that. Um mm-hmm. So what when you came to this point, what are what type of music and message is it that you think is right for you? Where has that evolved to? Yeah, at first it was like, oh my gosh, fish out of water. Mm-hmm. I was recording in my closet, <laughs> my producer L Specs, and you know, we were just vibing and and just I'm um, uh, you know, the first album, my first EP, which is about it's gonna come out probably by in November at some point. Oh, um, great. Yeah. Um, the, it's only five songs, but mm-hmm. it's very, it's of a time, you know, it's, it's me learning how to record, learning how to write songs professionally. Um, mm-hmm. just finding myself as an artist and dealing with a lot of those fears. Like you, know, my whole life, I really couldn't sing in front of people because I had this, you know, this crippling fear of being rejected. Hmm. Um, that was, you know, uh, I, I developed it and it kind of solidified around my, uh, teenage, you know, preteen, 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. I was in a choir and, um, the conductor used extremely emotionally abusive methods to discipline the mm-hmm. choristers. Oh. I mean, we're, I was in the, one of the most professional children's choruses in the world, Um, it was very prestigious. It was a situation where, you know, I think a lot of the parents, like I asked my mom, my dad, like, why did you, why didn't you stand up for me? You know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, they were, they were afraid of her too. She was a bully, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and I think she probably ended a lot of people's careers because of her, of her ways make you feel like you're, you're tiny, you're nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you're 13 years old, oh, that for me, that was detrimental to in a way that I, I can't even express in words. Well, absolutely. It's almost like you lose a part of yourself because if singing was something that really lit you up and that you felt was part of who you really are and then you give it up, it's almost like you lose a whole part of yourself. Absolutely. And and that's that's the life that I was living for the ever since I was, you know, 13, 14, 15 wow. when I when I gave it up. Um and, and, and things happened to me based on, on a lot of the, uh, I don't know how you call it, but, uh, I guess the aftermath right, of, right. of that. Um, but so my music that I, that I recorded for this album is, is me finding my voice again, mm. being, seeing, can, can I sing like in front of people, even in front of my producer, you know, and, and just, seeing that it's going to be okay. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, rapping and learning how to, to rap and write a rap verse. Cause I've always had extreme respect for that genre mm-hmm. of music. Cause I'm, I'm a writer at heart. Like I love writing right poetry words. and yeah. lyrics. Oh my gosh. So, uh, so I, I definitely love, I love to rap. Um, 
So that's really like the type of music that Star 17, which is the EP that's coming out, is is of that moment. Very vulnerable music, very experimental, just me making stuff that makes me feel happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the music I'm making now or I'm thinking about the direction I want to go, I, I want to have still it's very cheeky. I, I'm I'm I don't want to make, you know, that spiritual sitar music just right just yet I don't know if that's the type of Mm -hmm. artist that I am I still love pop Mm -hmm. um but I want to kind of bridge the gap between the pop genres and hip-hop and and those types of popular music Mm -hmm. and with more of a spiritual message a message that for me makes sense because if I'm meditating you know 20 20 to 30 minutes a day Mm -hmm. praying reading you know Wayne Dyer Mm -hmm. left right and center before bed and then I'm writing music that's that's not conveying shallow, that message. That's shallow or something, yeah. Exactly. Then am I really living my purpose? And I thought I thought at the beginning that I would have to. Uh-huh. So I had a, a little bit of trouble thinking about that. But now I'm beginning to understand that, that I can reconcile the two and really um, use my music to, to be a healing tool and mm-hmm. to reach people because I think people are into that now. I mean, we're into that positivity because the world is just going such down such a negative path. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are waking up. Well, what's amazing by taking that genre and bringing in the words that you're talking about and the ideas and the concepts and the the themes is that people aren't going to a lot of times people listen to music because they like the beat and the sound. Mm-hmm. And then, but if in the, in the words that come with it are, you know, crushing and negative and depressing, that's what seeps into their soul. But if the words that come with it are uplifting and happy and, you know, positive, that's what will seep into their soul. So I think it's a great, I think it's a great idea to bring more of that messaging into that genre. Absolutely. And, you know, what I'm beginning to realize is that every artist has their own purpose and niche and message, you know, so Sometimes people want to hear stuff that that does fuel the ego or whatever. And and mm-hmm. there are artists that are going to supply that type of music. And there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. if that's what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. So for me, personally, I, I like to keep that in mind when as as it happens to all of us, like we look around and compare. Mm-hmm. Comparison is such a huge thing. Like as a blogger, that was that was a big thing for me. I would always compare myself to other people mm-hmm. and, uh, and it, it wasn't healthy. So as a, as a musician, I definitely feel like I need to check myself and make sure that I know I'm doing what I'm in my lane and, uh, mm-hmm. and everybody else is, is doing their thing, you know, and if I can serve my purpose, then that's good. <laughs> well, now I like to think that this is a, a, a saying that I use a lot, which is, there's, there's room for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. There's room for everybody to succeed. There's room for everybody to follow their dreams. And even if there are 350,000 podcasts, there's still room for, you know, 100,000 more or a million more or whatever it is. It's just once we hone into our true voice, whatever that is, whether it's speaking or singing or painting or whatever, that that's our space. We have our lane. Our lane's been waiting for us. Absolutely. And I think... Yeah. Uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer really, uh, he helps me a lot in terms of realizing that, that, uh, potential because, you know, he, he explains that the universe is ever expanding and it's Mm -hmm. abundant. 
Right. It's an, we live in an abundant universe. And if we start to align ourselves with, with that thought pattern, that thinking abundance, then we'll see that there is space for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like our lane's waiting. It's there for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how um, did you, what did you, how did you get to be doing blogging? What started that before this? I feel like I've lived like 20 lives. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> that means so, you're doing it right. <laughs> I know. It's funny because you, you think like when you're in elementary, high school, they're like, you have to do one thing, mm-hmm. you know, pick that thing and that's it. Um, and so I picked my thing. I was going to be a pharmacist. <laughs> I worked at <laughs> I worked at a pharmacy for like 15 years of my life. My uncle owned a pharmacy. Um, in Toronto and I worked there since I when I was like 12 years old in mm-hmm. the stock room and cash and then he taught me how to fill prescriptions like you know like a that technician kind of thing counting the pills and blah right. blah so I did that for like 15 years mm-hmm. um so I thought maybe I'll be a pharmacist and went to university and, and after my first year I was like oh, I hate this oh my <laughs> god like you know, because university, it's like applied, right? You, uh-huh. They just give you the books and then you have to do the work. And I was right. like, I don't want to do calculus. Like, that's not fun. Hey, neither so, did I. Neither did I. I failed the first calculus class I ever had. Yeah. Like bad. in high school, it's fun because it's like do the test. They, they spoon feed right. you, right? Right. But, but, right. But here it's like here are the books. Read them at your own leisure. Like, I don't want to do this. So uh, so I switched out and I, I just did like an open arts kind of year where I didn't really know what the heck I was doing and Mm -hmm. uh, fell into an Italian cinema course and uh, fell in love with film because it's, you know, it was feeding my artistic creative side. It was interdisciplinary. So, you know, I never got bored. Mm -hmm. Um, So I switched right away. I took summer school that year to get my intro to film studies and, And I just fell in love with it. So I ended up doing a master's in film studies at U of T. And uh, while I was in grad school that year, so this is 2009 now, I'm in -hmm. in grad school. And uh, that summer, my friend and I decide we're going to go to Italy and uh, we're going to spend nine weeks in Italy. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. (laughs) I don't know. I want that. (laughs) Oh, we were, we were, we were crazy back. I mean, you thought that was, that was it. But, uh, so we did that. And, uh, and I thought, you know, why don't we start a blog about our trip to Italy? Nice. And, uh, she goes, okay, sure. Like, that sounds fun. So we, I set up this blog, whatever we start blogging. It's called whatever Euro trash. <laughs> and, uh, and so we start blogging. And so then we'll go to Italy, whatever, whatever, uh-huh. have the whole summer, graduate and get home and uh she went on to do her phd and she's now a prof um at dartmouth actually and yeah yeah it's amazing um what field field? uh, she's in classics okay yeah so uh like uh, latin and that kind of stuff nice um so yeah so uh I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to do my PhD like that's a lot of commitment and and toronto didn't have a program at the time so Mm -hmm. I thought I'm going to have to leave. And I didn't want to leave. I left Toronto. So I thought I'm going to take a year off and see what's up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I still had the blog and, and my friend, uh, she was like, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty inundated with work here doing my PhD. Like you can handle the blog yourself. So I continued blogging and talking about fashion and, mm-hmm. 
And I thought, oh, I really like, I, you know, I've always liked fashion because I could speak about it in, in a very, like I said, interdisciplinary way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love writing. So I started talking about fashion. I thought, oh, is there such a thing as a fashion blogger? Like, you know, so I started searching and found more like-minded people who mm-hmm. were blogging about fashion. And I bought a ticket to Fashion Week. Oh, oh, fun. Yeah, in Toronto. And I didn't know anybody. I just like, I still can't believe I did that. I just walked in there like, hey. And uh, yeah. And like I said to you earlier, before we started the show, I just didn't give up. You know, that's Mm -hmm. that people like, oh, how'd you do it? Oh, how this, that. And I I just, I was five years after 2009. I didn't make my first paycheck till, till 20, 2014. Wow. And you kept doing it. That's so awesome. Yeah. I I love the way you just went, yep, I'm a fashion blogger. I'm buying a ticket and I'm going to this thing. I mean, that's what people don't, you know, people ask me things like that too. Like how, what do you do? I'm like, you just ask, that's it. You go out and you do, or you show up, you show up to the thing and then you're, you're just there, you're there. So you start blending in and people, you know, begin to recognize you as the thing you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't come without like, like copious amounts of tears. I mean, I think right. my first, my first, my first six or seven seasons at Fashion Week, I would literally cry mm. after after the first shows, because I would feel like, oh, my, I didn't get a seat in the front row. And nobody, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've been working so hard, like every season, I'd be, you know, I worked so hard, you know, this next fall, whatever, 2010, I'm going to be sitting you know, closer to the front or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would make these little, you know, uh, things in my head. And, and then if they wouldn't come true, then I would be devastated. And it was just like, I put so much pressure on myself. Um, so as much as it's like, yeah, you just throw yourself to the to the wolves. You, like literally, there's carnage. Right. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't no, by no stretch of the imagination, an easy thing. But that's how we learn. And, you know, yeah. actually thinking of it now, okay, this is a cool little story to think about. Mm-hmm. Now that you went through the Gabby book and you've changed some, you know, you've, uh, you're on this new path, mm-hmm. what would you have done differently if you were going to start that blog all over again? Is there anything you would have done differently? The only thing I would have done differently is I would have believed in myself right. from day day one. That's right. literally the only thing I would have done differently because I feel like my I was my worst enemy and uh, I got in my own way mm-hmm. and uh, I really didn't have that that confidence. Mm-hmm. I I had a lot of insecurities. See, great lesson, everyone, right there. Mm-hmm. There's the nugget. Mm-hmm. 100% <laughs> believe. You know, you meet people like that sometimes. I mean, like you at this moment, but but I think I'm lucky because I meet a lot of people like that through the show because if they're if they're uh, doing something they love and shining, they're they already have a lot of that confidence built in or that mm-hmm. they've earned. But if you when I meet people like that in the world who just seem so utterly confident, I sit there and I wonder, how did they get that? Like, where did that come from? And the real answer is they got it from themselves. Absolutely. You have to you have to give it to yourself. Um and, and it depends on your support system as well. Mm-hmm. I think that 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 helps a lot. And mm-hmm. something that I really want to do as as a musician is I definitely want to help other people, mostly teens mm-hmm. who went through the same thing as me, who may not. I didn't have that support system when I was a teenager to say, 
hey, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can, you don't have to just like pick pharmacy. I mean, I my dad is a musician. He, I grew really? up with music. Yeah, yeah. And like, wow. you know, in Toronto in the 90s, music was not like you didn't you get famous or have a good career. It, it wasn't a music city that it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, I'm kind of thankful because the timing for me as a musician in 2017 in Toronto, thanks to Drake and The Weeknd, <laughs> those guys, it's it's a great time. People are actually watching the city. That's so to cool. See what's happening. But back in the 90s, my dad, you know, instilled in me and, and I don't fault him for it, but he would say, don't be a musician. Do not do that as your career. Like there's no, there's no money in it. It's going to be a hard life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they, you know, they wanted to see me be okay and not struggle. So by their definition of okay, though, that's the thing. I mean, that's what parents do. They have their own definition of okay. Absolutely. I mean, they came from my mom immigrated here when she was like nine months from Italy and my dad was born here, but his parents immigrated from Italy after the war. So it's a very different, it's a different mentality. It's more of like survival. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, so, and do, do it's the smart thing. Right, right. And it's all like for our parent, for my parents and it sounds like yours too, it was all about um, success and, and be, doing well was really about money, period. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's why I have such an awful relationship with money. I think because no, I'm serious. I, I, uh, that's something I'm definitely working on now. Um, with my whole spirituality is, is I always thought I was undeserving of money. Um, and, and I always had a very like uh, weird relationship to it. I thought it was the benchmark of success Mm -hmm. and, and in the same breath that I was undeserving of it. So imagine like, really a hard place to, to come from. It's no, like, okay, I totally you need money, it. money yeah. is your success and you're not good enough for it. So good luck. But um, that's so common. It The lesson is sometimes hard for me. I, I really learned about money when, uh, when I finally started to make it. Uh-huh. And, um, when I had what I thought was success. So finally, you know, I was making money and, I'm able to buy things and I don't have to worry about my next meal Mm -hmm. and successful. Once I had all that down on paper, I mean, there was probably a good six, seven months of me just being like, fuck yeah, (laughs) you know, Uh, I made it like to all my people who were, you know, like all those people that look at you weird when you're like, I'm a blogger and they're like, Mm -hmm. how do you make money? And I'm like, I don't (laughs) like, those people, I had, you know, you have your little victory lap. But Absolutely. then you realize the lesson for me was that on paper, I had everything, mm-hmm. everything, everything, uh, everything I thought that was going to make me happy. I was traveling the world, mm-hmm. business class. I was, you know, living in an amazing apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had amazing relationship. I uh, making lots of money. I had access to so many amazing things like in the blogging industry, you know, and all this stuff, clothes, everything. And uh, on paper, it looks like, wow, Justine made it. Like mm-hmm. she has all the success, you know, all that stuff. And uh, I was so deeply unhappy. So A, I learned that money is not happiness, mm-hmm. is not success. It's not 
it didn't have those things that I thought it would hold for me. Mm-hmm. And also, too, I, I realized that all the judgments I made about people who had money, mm-hmm. um, envious of them or saying they have no soul or whatever, what, oh, that rich person, I was very, very resentful of wealthy people because mm-hmm. uh, I felt like they had a an advantage in life, you know, that right. I didn't have. So I hated them for it. And then when I when I start to see people treat me like that, when I finally had, you know, I wasn't a millionaire, but when I was finally successful for my own right and and had financial stability when I started to see people treat me differently mm-hmm. when I hadn't changed at all mm-hmm. right. that was a wake-up call for me I was like oh my god like I I'm I'm that person that I used to judge right and, and I'm and I'm not even happy with all this money that I have with all this success like I'm not even happy and I used to judge these people who I thought had everything you know right I mean to me it seems like money I think the reason that I look at it as something I want more of right now is really for freedom, just more freedom to do the work that I love. You know what I mean? Yeah. The universe will provide you with what you need. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You just have to send the message to the universe to tell the universe what it is that, what it is that you need, what it is that you want to do with your life, you know, mm-hmm. how you want to help people. And, and if you have intentions that are sort of aligned with the universal frequencies the high vibrations of the universe like Mm -hmm. love kindness creativity abundance um, oneness if you're aligned with that in terms of what you need money for Mm -hmm. if the goal is to promote more of that type of thinking Mm -hmm. then uh, the universe will will make that happen i truly believe that i'll have to work on that i think i'm there and for sure around the show but i'll have to work on that make sure it's covered in all aspects Yeah, it's a it's a daily practice. Like every day I wake up and I pray and I meditate Mm -hmm. and and I started doing that maybe about two months ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and I just realized like every day I need to check in and check myself and Mm -hmm. say, okay, because the ego, you can't you can't kill the ego. It's there always. (laughs) You got to. You have to make friends with it, right? I know, exactly. And we kind of need it for some things, right? It helps us uh, a little bit in life in some yeah, ways. For, for me, it helps me police. Like uh, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm not feeling good and I'm not feeling um, depression or anxiety or any of those old familiar feelings, um, if they creep up during the day or I act on them, for me, that's a big sign that I'm not aligned with my with my spirit, with my mm-hmm. higher good. So I thank the ego because it really keeps me in check. Oh, right. Absolutely. Otherwise, how would I know? When it starts getting loud, you know, something's mm-hmm. up. Yeah. What kind of musician was your dad? My dad, uh, he plays keyboard. So okay. accordion, organ, piano, Hmm. Anything, anything with eighty-eight keys, he'll play it. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. me, me too. Though he he uh, he gave me the gift of of piano, which is something that, uh, oh my gosh, thank God for that. It's it's yeah. really like it's beautiful. So I I inherited that from him. That's lucky. It's something I've. It's on my list of you know. As I keep adding to the things I can do, I would love to learn to play piano to some degree. It would be like sketchy, but at least play something. Yeah. And it's kind of nice because I feel like a lot of the musicians I meet nowadays are laptop musicians, Mm. um, which is great. I mean, I, I definitely need to learn more of that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But it's nice. People are almost surprised when you play a live instrument. They're like, what? You play piano? Wow. That's, <laughs> it's like an antiquated art form or something. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's cool to bring that to the table because a lot of the producers and musicians that I meet, they don't have, they don't, right. um, not they don't have that, but they, they have other skills, right? So mm-hmm. I feel uh, really proud of that. That's great. Do you, do you mm-hmm. speak multiple languages with your parents being from Italy? Uh, yeah, but not because they're from, okay. <laughs> not, not, not because of that. Cause they speak, they speak like a dialect from our, our town. Like okay. their, their towns are like 20 minutes apart in Italy. Uh-huh. Um, so they, they speak dialect and I grew up learning dialect, which okay. really, you know, doesn't get you far in, in, in Italy. Uh-huh. Um, so then when I went to Italy and I was a teenager, I fell in love with, with Italy and like the culture there. And I had all these cousins and I was like, well, I can't even talk to them because I really speak this broken dialect. Mm-hmm. So then I started, uh, teaching myself and, and, and enrolling in like Italian school and enrolling mm-hmm. in all, you know, Italian cinema, like, you know, doing all this stuff. I took it in university. I would watch Italian movies. I'd read Italian books. I'd listen to Italian music. And I really mm-hmm. made the effort myself to become fluent in proper Italian. Now I speak it better than anybody in my family. Oh, nice. But not because not because they they taught they taught me but because I kind of, you know, made that effort. So I'm I'm so happy that I did though because I don't know if you speak any other languages, but I feel like languages really open you up to a whole new perspective. Hmm. I don't and it's actually the one that keeps coming back to me lately is the idea of learning another language because I keep he- reading about how it actually it changes your brain in a way, in the way that you can, like, I think what you're actually saying, <laughs> it's the same thing, which is it opens your brain to learn more things. So an Italian is the one I want to learn. So would you like to you be do? my personal Italian <gasps> um, instructor? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be great. Cause then it keeps me on my toes, right? Like getting yeah. to speak it. Um, cause if you don't use it, you lose it. When it comes to languages, you really right. gotta, gotta keep on it. But, uh, it's, it's so cool because I think like the humor in other languages, especially, you know, in Italian that I know it so well, you know, there's just some things you can't translate mm-hmm. and, uh, it just, you just lose, it gets lost, literally mm-hmm. lost in translation. Um, so it definitely, when you're able to think in another language or the humor, I find to be the biggest one for me. Humor in another language is the greatest gift mm. ever. It's like you'll laugh in a way that you never thought was possible. <laughs> and Italian is such a funny language. It's language. so pretty Italians are, too. Italians are hilarious. I mean. Oh, absolutely. It's the, so I, so the, it's the country that forever, for my entire life, I wanted to go to and I've not left the United States yet and that's the first one I want to go to. So That's amazing. I know. I'll have to ask you about where to go and all of that. I love getting ideas from people. Um and yeah, so that's on my list for next year that I will get there next year. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I can give you some some uh recommendations by that. Italy is tiny country, but every little different region, different city is, is mm-hmm. so different. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like the difference between Sicily and somewhere like Florence mm-hmm. is might as well just be another, another country. It's, Isn't that crazy? I mean, you know, being in the crazy. United States, it's so, it's so big that we, and there's so much that's similar, somewhat similar across the United mm-hmm. States because of language and laws and things like that, that it's hard for me to conceive that within a tiny country like that, they would be so different, you know? Yeah. 
It's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So that's on the list there. Um, what was I going to ask you next? I had something in my mind and it went away. Um, oh, yeah. So what are some other things that you do to fill your bucket besides meditating and singing and blogging? Mm-hmm. What else? What are some of the other things that fill up your life of your 20 lives? Yeah. Um, so I love to cook. Oh, uh, of course. Yeah. Because you're Italian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so I, I, I do try to cook um, a couple times a week mm-hmm. and I'm really interested in, in food and stuff like that. Um, I'm really into yoga. Mm. I pra- try to practice yoga four or five times a week. Um, oh, wow. That's a lot. That's great. Yeah. And now I'm getting into more... Um, like the spiritual side of things, I'm getting into sort of crystals and I'm going to um, a retreat actually coming up like a, it's a new moon retreat um, mm. in November. So doing that. And I also, um, I write poetry. I, I try to write as much as possible. Um, yeah, I just, I just feel like I read a lot. Um yeah, those are basically like the things that I do, and I love to help people. And mm. uh, and I and I noticed too that um, ever since I sort of started talking about this, you know, spiritual journey that I'm on, and my music and everything, I my fans and followers on Instagram and and my blog, they've been emailing me, and I'm getting you know a lot of direct messages from them. So I'll meet up with with some people. Like uh, I think every week I have maybe three or four coffee dates with these people that live in Toronto and we'll go out and, and, you know, they'll tell me about where they're at and I'll share where I'm at and we swap book recommendations and things like that. So I started to think, well, you know, I'm spending so much time responding to these emails and talking to Uh all of these beautiful souls that are coming into my life. Um, kind of unexpectedly, I wish I, there was a place to sort of, uh, synthesize, synthesize all of them, you know, have them all in one place where I could talk to them all mm-hmm. at once, mm-hmm. but without having to sort of take over my Instagram mm-hmm. um, or my blog and making it public. So I started a newsletter. Um, and for anybody who basically sort of DMs me on Instagram asking me about anything from like law of attraction to mm-hmm. telling me that they're, you know, taking a risk in their career or whatever, I I just send them my link and, and say, you know, I'd love for you to subscribe to my newsletter because that's where I'm sort of carving out a space for these like-minded individuals who keep contacting me. So mm-hmm. I think like the universe is like, okay, here's what's next. Right. Yeah. You got to do something with, with this energy that, uh, that's kind of being created. What a great pivot. You know, that's one of the things that I would love are more opportunities to speak with people that are on the same path. You know, I mean, I, I'd speak with them around the world, but I love how you manage to have coffees with them and see them locally. That's what I would love to do is have more of that time, like face to face with people and and do that. I mean, I did that for a while with kind of a mastermind group that was, we kind of created and it was around the world. It was awesome. We would have these Sunday calls for like probably a year and we spanned like 16 time zones and we still had these calls Wow. But then, you know, you kind of reach your peak with that group and you all start, you know, doing your things. And so I would love to have that local, you know, that I would know that I could go, you know, 
a Saturday every month and just hang out with people like that. That would be so awesome. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about about doing that. And I feel like the newsletter might be a segue to mm-hmm. a meeting of not just one on one, but right. me and maybe like five or six other uh, individuals, you know, come over my place and mm-hmm. we'll talk about whatever, you know, whatever's on your mind. And uh, I think that could be cool. Um, yeah, I think that's how we keep the energy going, actually, don't you? I mean, it, it's one thing to find this in our own individual lives. But if we don't talk about it, we're not really serving the purpose of it. Totally, totally. Like I'm I'm doing a, have you ever heard of A Course in Miracles? I have. Yes. Yeah. So I'm oh, my gosh, this thing is a tomb. It's <laughs> <laughs> it, I've been I've been uh doing it and, and reading it and, and ever since like maybe May. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I love Course in Miracles because it says, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's crazy how I'm just, you know, open to meeting all these people. And, and the more people that I meet, you know, I, I go thinking under the guise that I'm going to help them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and give them some, knowledge, inspiration, or just, you know, that extra support to be like, you can do this or tips, things Mm -hmm. that I've learned in the industry. And then I end up walking out with so much more, like (laughs) getting back so much more than I ever thought, you know, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Like they teach me, every person that comes into my life just teaches me something. That's how I feel about this call right now. Yeah, you know, because we didn't really know each other. And I barely knew all I knew about was your music. I didn't even know about your blog. And just all these stories have been I just, like, I'm eating it up. I'm eating up all this good information. And, and so it's a good thing. Yeah, I'm happy to I'm happy to share it. I mean, that's, that's the whole blogging economy mm-hmm. anyway, is sharing. So mm-hmm. um, I want to definitely uh, keep that going when it comes to who I am as a, as a musician, as an artist. Well, speaking of Toronto musicians and artists, um, Mm -hmm. if you've listened to any of the episodes or when you listen to yours, you'll notice the music that's on the front and and back end of it. And a really great musician named Jeff Smith. He goes by Jeff Smith music. Now he was in a group with his brothers called Fairchild brothers Mm -hmm. and he's in Toronto and he wrote the song specifically for the show. And it's called Shine, and it's so good. It's like exactly the essence of what I'm doing here. Yeah, and he wrote it um, and and gifted it to me, which is pretty amazing. And so he's still playing in Toronto. So I would, and he's very he's got he's on this great spiritual path as well. He's a really amazing guy with a beautiful family, and uh, his boys are just growing up with such creative environment, creative environments, and everything. So maybe you'll have to meet him for coffee or him and his wife for coffee sometime and uh, yeah, exchange would, ideas. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm like, uh, I love meeting new people. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. My uh, my boyfriend is more um, he's he's more just like, you know, uh, stranger danger kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't and be I'm around like, me and think that because I'm like talking to everybody. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll talk to anybody and everybody. I love meeting new people. I'm like, hi, friend. Like, you know, so uh, sometimes when people come up to talk to me, like blog fans and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, they get so nervous. They don't know what to say. They're just uh-huh. like, I love you. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with you. Blah, 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 blah. Can I have a picture? And, and I'm like, yeah, like, what's your name? What do you do? And like, they just don't know what to say. And mm-hmm. it's, it's cute because I've been in that situation for sure with a lot of like musicians that I look up to. And, mm-hmm. um, 
And uh, it's hilarious because yeah. I'm like, what? I, I thought we could be friends. And they like run away. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be meeting, I'm meeting um, a, through a VIP thing, some of, one of my favorite bands next month or in December. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I'm working already on practicing not being like a super dork fan. That's all I want to do is just not be a super dork fan, which is going to take a lot of work by then. But um, hopefully I'll have it covered. I might have to come to you advi for advice on that. No, I'm such a fan girl. I'm the worst. Like, don't, <laughs> I cannot give you advice for that. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'll just be like, oh my God, I love your work. It's yeah. so cool. And sometimes I've done it and people have been like, oh, well, it's not that great. And then, you know what? <laughs> then I'm not their fan anymore. Then I'm right. like, well, you're better in my image of, of you and the ideal image of, of you in my head was oh, way there better. Is that. There is that, right? Like, course, yeah. I always think about that because yeah. I'm always like, you know, these people, when, when people follow you online and uh, they think they know you or whatever, mm -hmm. and then they come up to talk to you. And if you're mean to them, like, oh, right. my gosh. Or dismissive or dismissive, like, yeah, not interested. It's so crushing. I'm like, what? These people are the reason why you're doing anything, why you're even successful. These are the people, especially the people you should be talking to. This is the person yeah. you should give your most time to, right? And like, right. I always notice that when I meet people who, who I admire. Like one person I met last year, um, the designer Alexander Wang. Mm -hmm. And I met him and he was... I was so nervous to meet him. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to think I'm not cool because he's so cool. Mm -hmm. And like he's going to think I'm the biggest dork ever. And so I go to this event and uh, and I meet him and he just like grabs my hand and like takes me into the change room to put on one of his, you know, outfits or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was so kind and so warm and mm -hmm. and just an amazing spirit, you know, and he was, we were having a blast. It was like a friend, you know what I wow. mean? And, uh, and he was like, you're my favorite. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, today's the best day of my life. And like, <laughs> it was just so nice to have that. And, and, yeah. and yeah, then I'm all of a sudden like buying way more of his clothes mm -hmm. and just, I, I like him even more after that. So, you know, there's some food yeah. for thought. Oh, this has been incredibly delightful. I didn't know what I was walking into this Monday morning and how many amazing things I was going to learn from you in a short amount of an hour. Um, and it's just been like, uh, I feel so connected to you already. Which I know is great. This, is, this has been really awesome. I'm, I'm honored to have yeah. shared all of that with you. Thank I know, you. I love that. And I want to make sure people can find you. So can you tell us uh, some of the places they can find you out in the, the wide, wide web? Yeah, I mean, my music is on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud under Stellina. Um, and if they want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Stellina XVII, which is a Roman numeral 17. So um, so they can follow me on Instagram. And from there, the newsletter is private. Um, and I don't put a public link out or anything. So if people want to, you know, find out more about my spiritual journey and, and be part of that newsletter group, uh, just DM me on Instagram and uh, I'll send you through the link. Very cool. I'm going to be doing yeah. that today for sure. Yay. <laughs> I know. I, I try to, I try to send out a, a letter every Tuesday. So tomorrow will be oh, another wow. letter. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you again so much. And I'll have to connect you with Jeff in case you guys want to go out and have coffee and talk uh, Toronto music scene at some point. Yeah, and awesome. uh, I look forward to watching for your 
your oh, did you talk wait wait a second we didn't even did you mention on the show i think you did that in november you've got your um my ep yeah 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 did you mention that or did we talk yeah, before I did. that? I okay, did, cool. I did say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've lost track of time. That's, okay. That's a good thing. Me too. <laughs> so we'll want to make sure we'll want to watch for that and let everybody know when that comes out. So very exciting things ahead. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. So first of all, wasn't she just utterly delightful? Love her energy. Love what she's doing. Love the fact that she pivoted her life again and again and keeps following what excites her. When I was listening to her conversation, though, she reminded me of some of the things that are really important to me, such as meditating and taking time to develop my spirituality and my spiritual beliefs and nurturing those. But the thing that I cannot get out of my head is the idea of taking an entire weekend disconnected. And oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how much that excites me. So that's my plan. Before the end of the year, I'm going to carve out a weekend where I'm going to turn off all technology and just see what happens because I have a feeling it's going to be pretty good. And I encourage you all to try as well. Thanks for listening. So are you following your passion, inspiring people and willing to share your story? Then find me because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.